Thanks, ladies. Um, Gosh, before I start, there are so many stories in this room that um, I can't imagine what may of you, some of you may have gone through in life and um, don't know that I could always relate. So I'm not here to pretend that I know um, everything, just really that I can point you to the one that does um, know and can help and give hope. Uh, My story begins in Oklahoma. I was born in Oklahoma City. Um, I have great parents, um, good people, loving, generous. My mom became a Christian when she was a teenager. Um, my dad's not a believer, so there was not a lot of talk of God or faith um, in our home, although we did attend church occasionally. Um, when we were 11, when I was 11, uh, we moved to Texas, and a church down the street began to visit us, and eventually my mom, uh, my sister, began to attend regularly, and I, only when I couldn't get out of it, that tells you where I was as far as going to church. I did eventually, the second year we were there, attend the church camp that the church went to and began to talk to my pastor one night about uh, salvation. And he basically told me that um, we can't live up to God's standards on our own, with our own actions, our own, uh, on our own strength. And only through the blood of Christ, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, um, are we made holy and righteous before God as our, as our sins are cleansed. Um, it made sense to me, and so I accepted Christ that night um, and began to attend church fairly regularly, uh, maybe too regularly, Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday evenings, um, church camp uh, during the summers. And I could tell you who God was. I could tell you that, you know, Jesus died for our sins on the cross. Um, I could tell you about people in the Bible, what they had done. And I thought that was a relationship with God. Uh, I didn't really know anything different. To me, a relationship was, was just elusive. I didn't really have a definition for that. Uh, when I turned 21, I married a... The only way to describe him is just an angry young man. Uh, he had dysfunction and abuse in his family and therefore brought it into our marriage as well. And how he survived 14 years of marriage, I'm not sure. But he eventually did uh, file for divorce and did move out in, uh, in 1999. So... All, the, all this has been my story because I don't feel like God was really in it. I was not allowing him in it. And so I will say that God's story in my life began um, at this time when he moved out. Uh, shortly after he'd moved out one evening, I sat on my bed basically in fear. Um, it turns out I wasn't good at sleeping alone by myself. I had gone from living with my parents to being married, had never been on my own. And so night was fear for me. If I closed my eyes, I couldn't protect myself. And so I sat on my bed one night just bawling, just, just in tears, you know, the ugly, the ugly tears, and just rocking on my bed. I can't do this, Lord. I can't do this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do from here. You're going to have to do this. I can't do this. If it's going to happen, if this is, anything's going to happen, you're going to have to do that. What I didn't realize was that there were power in those words. Um, maybe that's what God was waiting for me was to say, I can't do this on my own anymore. And I finally surrendered that night to sleep and, and to God. Um, And I remember that next morning as if it was yesterday. Um, I woke up, and I literally can say I woke up with a smile on my face. And there was relief. And there was freedom. And again, there's just, I don't think they make words for the feeling that only God can give you. But um, what stood out to me was as I woke up that morning was that my life will never be the same again. And it hasn't. Um, I I don't live life on my own anymore. Matter of fact, there's a song by Sarah Groves, and I wish I could read you all the lines, but I don't really have time. But one of the last lines was, remember, surrender, remember the rest. Remember that weight lifting off of your chest and realizing that it's not up to you 
and it never was. And if anything resounds with you today from me, um, I want you to realize that it's not up to you, and it never was. And I hope that you grasp that this morning. Um, Jesus told his disciples in 1 John 14, 16 through 17, And I ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you, and later he will be in you. And that's key. Please remember that. He goes on to say in John fourteen twenty-five through 27, I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I'm leaving with you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world can't give you, so don't be um, troubled or afraid. And that's why later in Galatians, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Your strength, your power, the things that you do to control your world have been crucified with Christ. They're now dead. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, when I looked at the definition of of abiding, the overall theme that presented itself was one of consistent presence. Words like dwelling, remaining, um, continuing, enduring, residence, to be firm and unmovable, and I especially liked to dwell and to to rest. Now, at that time in my life to grow in intimacy with with Jesus, um, you would find me most evenings sitting in my bed with my Bible, praying, talking to God, um, maybe a Christian author. Um, some, of my, some of those authors are great at really introducing you to God in practical terms. Uh, Max Licato, just to throw out there, was one of my favorites. Um, I also like to sit on our back porch. I was still in the home that, um, that we had lived in, big backyard, lots of trees, and it was just a peaceful time. And I know as single moms, time can, is valuable and time can be sparse. This was so worth it for me to sit there and just be able to have God breathe into me his spirit. And this wasn't just a time of talking and praying. This was a time of listening. There were things that God revealed to me that I could have never learned on my own. And it was only through his supernaturally, you know, speaking to me, um, not audibly, that, um, that I really felt like he was giving me peace and confidence, um, which is something a lot of times as single moms, we don't really f- uh, feel like we have, but it was something I couldn't find on my own. It was a place to rest, um, and this was my time to abide in Christ and also just to examine my own heart and my own actions as well. Um, I think as single moms especially, because we're women, uh, we can feel like we have to do it all on our own and depend on ourselves. And I know I did, but that's what crucified with Christ means, is that we are allowing those controlling natures to, to be put to death. Um, and as I started to lose, learn the truth of Christ living within me to do things for me that I could not do for myself. Um, it, was, it was extremely freeing, and I can tell you Galatians 2.20 is, is what people would call my life first, although I've only known it for 15 years, so it's like my third life first, um, or a third of my life first. But to know every day when I'm confused or when there's conflict with my child or an ex, um, you know, or whatever your situation may be, that instead of trying to fight that and control that to be able to see God be my peace, be my patience right now, um, be what I can't fleshly be. That's why um, Paul talks about living by the flesh. It's those ways that we've learned to cope with things that are just just very human. And um, Christ will give you a whole nother way 
to deal with the pressures and the, and the conflict and, and just the uncertainty that life can bring, especially when you're a single parent. Um, and I'm going to read this next part because I don't want to miss anything. I learned the gospel is not us striving on our own to be good Christians, but it's Jesus in us living his life through us as we rest and abide in him. We will never be able to do the Christian life on our own. I know what it's like to depend on myself because I've tried that um, and tried to overcome adversity or fear or extend forgiveness because my stubborn heart and my mind, it's going to tell me all the reasons I can't or I won't do that. Um, Now when I need to forgive or calm myself or be patient, again, I ask Jesus to be my patience, be my forgiveness, be my peace. And I can stop living by my fleshly weaknesses in exchange um, for his supernatural strength. Um, Often in relationships as women, we can get in a relationship and we often lose ourselves. Um, We're dealing with the issues at hand, maybe dealing with a dysfunctional relationship, and we lose who we are. And then I've heard other stories where women are so into the relationship that when it's gone, that then they lose their identity. With Christ dwelling in you, you always know who you are because you're his. Um, So uh, Romans 8.26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So I just pray as you leave here today that your desire will be to abide in Christ, to spend time with him today, and just know that his heart is to live in your heart, to give you things and provide you with things that you could never do on your own, and to also remember that the one who created your heart is also the one who can fill your heart with those things. So thanks, ladies. Bless your day. Thank you.